Hello and welcome to the Tech Dirt Podcast. Uh, I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of the modern monocle. Stopping the copyright bullies from pulling the wall on us. Painting and taking on all the plates and pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and do their lies and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. So grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. So grab a shovel and dig up the tech. One of the themes that we've discussed for years at TechDirt is the importance of building up a community around whatever it is that your company is doing. Uh, and often to do that, that means trusting that community, trusting your users uh, to, to be a, an important part of that community. Indeed, uh, one of the reasons why I sometimes get so annoyed at companies and sometimes individuals uh, being so overly focused on doing things like hoarding intellectual property or freaking out about copycats is that it seems to show a lack of trust in their own community and in their own ability to, to innovate. And it also seems to show an unwillingness to believe that your community and your supporters might follow you, even if others have copied you. Uh, my first introduction to my guest on the podcast this week uh, was through a Kickstarter campaign a few years back for a product called Monkey Bars. Uh, and I should make it clear uh, that monkey is not spelled the way you think it is. In this case, it's M-O-N-K-I-I. -I. Um, their original product was a simple pair of bars. Uh, hence the name, uh, with some cord stored inside that you could take anywhere and effectively create a gym out of a tree or whatever else you could find. You could be very creative with it. Uh, I didn't back that original product. Uh, I'm always a little wary of first-time crowdfunding campaigns, uh, and that is especially true when it comes to exercise equipment campaigns, which are often very full of hype and misleading claims. Uh, however, I did start paying attention to the company, uh, and I ended up backing their second offering, which was Monkey Bars 2. Uh, and I should note that I have backed all of their campaigns since, which is now three campaigns, I believe. Um, and what convinced me to back that second campaign, to some extent oddly, was the fact that the company made it clear uh, that it didn't need people to back the campaign. Uh, specifically, they had posted on their website a very clear DIY page showing you how to make your own version of the product that they were trying to crowdfund. Uh, in fact, to some extent, you could make it at a much lower cost than if you backed the original. Um, there were a couple of things that struck me as really interesting about this. Uh, first, the DIY guide that they had posted was not actually made by them, but was made by somebody else, and they celebrated this person showing people how to make uh, effectively copycats of their, their product and posted it to their website. Uh, and second to me, that showed uh, such a level of confidence in their own product and their own ability to build a strong community and that they didn't really need to worry about the competition in the way that many people and many companies do. Indeed, they showed people how to be their own competition, which I think was a, a, in a weird way kind of inspiring and made me much more willing to trust them as a company to build a really good product. And I should note that uh, it is a really great product and I still use it to this day, the original one. I use all of the products that I've, I've backed from them because they, they really have been uh, quite amazing. But that made me really pay attention um, to to the company and what they were doing. And that this very open approach to building uh, a, 
a product company intrigue me because it's what we talk about all the time here, uh, but there are so few really good examples. And I'd been meaning to ask uh, one of the founders of the company, Dan Vinson, uh, onto the podcast for a while to discuss this and some other aspects of how they've built their business. Uh, but I thought it would be especially timely right now uh, that so many of us are more or less trapped in our homes uh, and away from gyms or other places where we might work out and exercise. So we might also chat a little bit about what people can do to stay in shape these days. Uh, but Dan, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Mike. Thanks for... Uh leaving and backing us all these years. I appreciate it. I didn't realize you backed all those campaigns. So thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've become a little bit obsessive about your products there. <laughs> they're, they're really, really fantastic. I mean, I had mentioned to you in the, in the last email, I've been using your, your latest product, which I know you're, you're still delivering to some of the backers, but, uh, I've, I've now had that for about a month and a half and it's, it's, my one of the major ways that I'm staying in shape myself right now. So right. it's fantastic. Right on. Um, but but let's let's talk about uh, Monkey and and how did how did this all come together? What's what's the background story behind the company? Well, it uh it really started in the wild. Um, so I went to school back east in Washington D.C. I'm from California, and uh, I'd really gotten into the outdoors, kind of like just post high school. So even though I went to like this urban school, I was always just thinking about being back West in the mountains. And, uh, in between my junior and senior year of college, I got, it was, it was like a, it's kind of like an internship slash job with uh, the forest service as a wilderness ranger in Sequoia national forest, which is in mm -hmm. California. And, uh, I should also note I was a college athlete. So, you know, training was very important to me and had been, you know, basically since I was in middle school, just playing all kinds of different sports. But, um, so it was really important to me when I was out in the wild that I was able to maintain my training. And so pretty much as soon as I got out to where I was kind of going to be working in this wilderness area all summer, I, I constructed this all natural kind of, kind of gym. I got these logs that I could squat, gathered a bunch of different rocks, built like a pull-up bar, had a dip station. And essentially that's how I trained all summer, just uh, kind of Rocky four style, if you can imagine. Um, and this is about at 9,000 feet. So hmm. had, um, had a lot going for me there and basically walked out of that summer in the best shape of my life. I ended up getting a scholarship to come back and play in another year and um, started that next season. So it was, it was kind of this really trans transformative time. And uh, David, who's my co-founder, he was uh, not a teammate, but a schoolmate. And we ended up uh, fighting fire together after school. And um, he actually was in the Peace Corps over in Ethiopia. But he's in the Peace Corps in Ethiopia. He's like lifting car parts in this mud <laughs> building and just is jacked out of his mind. And I was in the wilderness kind of doing the wilderness equivalent of that. So I actually went over, I had the opportunity to go visit him over there, which was really awesome. And, uh, you know, we we knew we wanted to, we talked for years about starting a business together and it was always kind of around this idea of exercise and the outdoors and how do we combine those. And so our, our, uh, our kind of original idea when David came back, he was in grad school at uh, CSU Fort Collins doing his MBA. Our original idea was called the wild gym, which is essentially like these kind of blend CrossFit with Ninja Warrior. Um, mm. so we're going to put in these like large outdoor gyms at parks, schools, communities, things like that. But 
you know, people really got behind the concept and the idea, but as a business, it just, it was a horrible business idea from like a just execution <laughs> standpoint. Um, so kind of while we were working on that, we'd come up with the idea of the original monkey bars, which I believe you referenced, which were the, they ended up being made from maple wood with an aluminum core and used a spectra line that everything stored inside. So it was kind of this self-contained bar. And, uh, that was our first Kickstarter. We did, um, 111 K that was in 2014. And that kind of, we're like, wow, the people, it was kind of more of a proof of concept. You know, the product had some shortcomings. It was, it was technical is what we described it. I was just, mm -hmm. it, it was kind of, unless you were like a rock climber that really understood knots and things like that, it was just, it was challenging to use. So that was what led to monkey bars too, which I believe you referenced and backed, which thank you again for that. And, sure. uh, yeah, that's been, we've been on that path ever since. And, um, you know, we just pretty much have fulfilled monkey 360 and we were actually f in the midst of filming, uh, another Kickstarter video right now. We hope to launch mid September. So, uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, excited to share that with the world. Yeah, I mean, one, one of the, the cool things about your products, at least to me, that I've seen is that they're they're somewhat simple, right? There's not that much to them. Uh, you know, there's a lot of exercise equipment out there that is just, like, needlessly complex and, and you know, uh, insane. Right. <laughs> Whereas, you know, what you've really focused on is something that's very simple that, that then allows you to do a whole bunch of different things. And you have an app that goes with it that, that with different routines and, and shows you how to do all different kinds of exercise so that you can effectively, you know, create an entire gym and an entire setup, you know, out of, you know, a very, very simple device and do all different kinds of exercises with it. Um, which is, is something that I appreciate compared to, you know, a lot of the other stuff that's out there that is just takes up a huge amount of space and, and does like three things really. Right. Right. <laughs> um, but so let, let's talk about the, the, um, the sort of willingness to embrace the, the DIY community, because as I, as I mentioned, that was one of the things that really caught my attention and really, um, you know, even though you were sort of telling me how I could make my own without supporting you guys, um, made me want to support you even more. What, what was, you know, where, where did that idea come up? Where, where did you guys sort of recognize that people were showing uh, others how to make your, your own? And how did you decide to embrace that as opposed to, I think most companies would, would freak out about that and even sometimes threaten people who would do that. Whereas you guys supported it and put it on your own website. What, what was the thinking behind that? Right. So Jake, Jake of all trades, he, uh, he's done all our DIY videos. And so I believe what happened was he, he made the video and, uh, actually that's not true. He's made the last, let's see, he did monkey bars two, He did pocket monkey and monkey 360, a guy named coop who does uh, garage gym reviews. He had done the original monkey bars and we reached out to him and actually asked him to do that. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a combination of things where, you know, some people were pushing back against the price. Other people were saying like, ah, oh, this already exists, blah, 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 blah. So we said, well, let's just do the DIY and it kind of can, in a, in a way, shut up the haters, but also <laughs> provide folks that, you know, maybe don't have the funds or just, you know, wouldn't back or buy anyways to still become a monkey. And, you know, our, our app is free and totally open source. So it's, um, 
it all kind of fit with that. And, and it was that trust as well. You know, we just, we did, you know, both myself and David, we had been able to exercise and train in these very basic environments and, you know, essentially get in the best shape of our lives. And, uh, we didn't want to, we didn't want someone to not like, like our company and brand just cause they didn't buy the product, which saying that out loud is, I think, strange as a business, but you know, I think that that does pay it forward. Um, whether it's, you know, just people being excited about the brand or maybe they back or buy the next product. I do think that, like you said, that gaining that trust and, um, that kind of like welcomeness to the, the branding company was, was really beneficial. And just, it was part of our personality. You know, we're not, uh, there's, you know, another fitness brand I won't mention, but they're very, very, um, litigious with their IP, which, <laughs> you know, is just, you know, it's just our, our, our what we realize is like one, that's just, again, not in our personality and two, it's just, we just need to be better. Let's just be better. Let's innovate. And uh, let's let's listen to our customers and and act that way and respond that way versus just trying to build this this moat and fortress around something that's you know easily improved upon. Yeah, and, and again, like that was that was part of what drew me to you because I think so many other companies um, like the one that you referenced, but we will not name, <laughs> <laughs> just immediately focuses on on the litigious aspect and i and i like i understand the the sort of gut reaction right if you see somebody doing something that's very similar to what what you've done you know a lot of people react that way like hey that's unfair or something uh and so then you know bring out the lawyers and and threaten them or sue them or, or whatever um but like to me that feels like such a, a waste of energy and and time and focus and obviously money as well um to be dealing with all those lawsuits to to get you know, to do what really, right? And that's why I, I, again, like this was what was so impressive about you guys. You guys seem so so completely open to this. Um, and one of the things I, I remember, and I, I didn't mention to you that I had seen this before, but you guys were on some sort of, uh, you in particular were on some sort of uh, like uh, reality funding show, right? right? Not 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 Shark Tank, but but an equivalent of Shark Tank. <laughs> uh, I'd say it was maybe a C minus version of Shark Tank, but uh, <laughs> yeah, similar um, concept. What? A similar concept to Shark Tank. Similar, for sure. yeah. similar concept to Shark Tank, but but one of the things, that, and at least this is in how the the final video that came out was. I don't know how they, you know, edit or or if they build up conflict for the point of you know more exciting TV, but in that they show you. Uh, after some of the investors got very interested, you mentioned the fact that you have the DIY stuff on your site and that anyone can build it. And they show one of the investors like freaking out about how dare you <laughs> uh, actually agree to do that. And then yet, you know, again, in the at least the way it was portrayed on TV, you then sort of walked him back down and convinced him that that it was still a good investment. I don't know how that actually played out, but I... I I, I was very angry on your behalf at <laughs> that investor because I was like, no, that's why I backed them because I knew that they, you know, they weren't going to be all proprietary and lock all these ideas up, but rather we're sort of building this larger community that would support you. Right. Um, so I don't know if there's anything that you want to share about that experience. Yeah. It's that, that's actually pretty much how it went down. Um, yeah, that was, that was not scripted, which um, is funny, but so 
yeah, I mean, it was, um, what cracked me up was David and a, another, um, partner we had who's no longer with us. They were hiding like up in the rocks watching this uh -huh. all go down, but they couldn't hear anything. So they were just responding to like our body language. But, um, <laughs> I'll never forget, man. Like when I said, oh yeah, and we even have the DIY on our website. Everyone's face just went from like smiling and excited to like, are you an idiot? It was just, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh man, like, you know, I just blew it. But, um, you know, I think in talking, talking to the guys afterwards, candidly, it's like the ones that they just didn't get it. They just, right. they, they just, they didn't get it. And so it worked out that, you know, we didn't end up working with them and, you know, we, we kind of made a, basically a handshake agreement on the, um, on that episode, but, you know, going down the road afterwards, we, we, we didn't, we, we don't have any investors basically is what I'll, okay. what I'll say. We, um, yeah, it's just David and I, we own a hundred percent of the company and, um, yeah, we like it that way, at least for now. So, um, you know, again, yeah. like it lets us, there's a great book by, have you heard of Derek Sivers? Are you familiar with Derek Sivers? Yeah, I, I, I know Derek. I've, I've spoken with him in the past. Yeah, oh, nice. He, awesome. He's great. Oh, yeah. He actually, uh, I had the pleasure of interviewing him on uh, my podcast um, a few months back. So that was like a dream come true. But um, anyhow, um, his book, Anything You Want, has mm -hmm. been a pretty, pretty, what's the right word? It's been highly influential for both David and myself just for building Monkey and all that. And, um, you know, he starts it off with, make make your company your little utopia it's whatever you want it to be and you know we just dave and i kind of we think well what's going to be the most fun for us and what do we think will be the most fun for the monkeys and um usually it's maybe somewhere in the middle but yeah we're pretty that, having that as our our main kind of direction and goal is it just makes every day a lot more fun and i think that shows in the products that shows in you know getting to talk to people like you and um it's just it's so much more exciting and less corporate, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and and I think that, that, that shows through right. And, and everything that, that you guys have done. Um, and you certainly have like, I mean, you've, you have used Kickstarter really well, right? I mean, each of your, you know, main products you've, you've released through Kickstarter and, and you have a big, you know, following there and, you know, people willing to, to back your stuff. I know that, that, uh, I, I'm, I forget the specifics now, but you, you know, sort of pre-warned, you know, former backers of, of the next Kickstarter and you had some, some like early bird stuff for people to get in early and, uh, for, for, for previous backers and stuff. So you've really done a lot to kind of use the, you know, the nice parts of Kickstarter to build up a, a community that follows you and is willing to support you and back you as you go. Um, so do, I mean, do you want to talk a little bit about that and how much you guys, you know, rely on Kickstarter as a tool? Sure. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I just got to tip my hat to Kickstarter. Like, thank you. <laughs> you know, it's such an awesome <laughs> platform. It's, you know, I couldn't imagine if we had to like, just be like, all right, I think someone might buy this. I don't know. You know, so it's um, just, just for, kind of getting to validate your idea. It's such a useful tool and, you know, it's changed a lot since we launched our first campaign in 2014. But, you know, I think since we were somewhat of an early adopter, we kind of, um, you know, we do have that, that early following and we have a, a pretty big following now, at least on the kind of fitness side of things. 
And it's, you know, it's Kickstarter is 100% our plan going forward, at least for launching products, you know, it, again, mm -hmm. it just, it allows us to, whether it's hitting minimum orders with factories or just, you know, even testing things out, like with maybe some accessories or things like that. Like if, if no one wants a certain color or a certain accessory or whatever, then we don't have to make those and it doesn't need to exist. So it helps eliminate waste and time and money and all those things. And plus it's, uh, it's really fun making the campaigns, you know, making the videos <laughs> are really fun. And, uh, it's just, yeah, it, it doesn't feel like work. It's, um, it's not easy, but <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, it's just a lot of fun. I should note for because I'm assuming a lot of people listening to this probably have not seen your campaigns. Uh, it's worth checking them out. The videos are, are are great. I mean, you guys obviously spend a lot of time and effort to make really good, you know, usually kind of fun or amusing videos um, that that uh, I think are are uh, you know some of the best examples I've seen of of great Kickstarter videos to get people interested in your products. So. They're, they're worth checking out. So I'm excited to hear that you said you're working on a new one. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's funny is our most successful video ever, uh, was we did, uh, it was for the first original monkey bars. We went up at a hot air balloon and I basically hung underneath the hot air balloon and worked out and we filmed it. And you know, the idea was work out anywhere. So we wanted this kind of extreme right. example, but people like four people called 911 because they thought I'd fallen out of this hot air balloon and, were, was, and I was like hanging on for dear life. And oh so when, when we landed, the police are there, the reporters are there. And, uh, you know, it didn't even cross our mind when we, you know, because we kind of took off in some farmland, but we ended up just, it was a very calm day. We ended up just kind of floating over a main highway here in Colorado. And uh, so it was quite public but again we're you know you're a few thousand feet up you don't you're not thinking about that and plus i'm very focused on my task at hand um right and so we landed the reporters that they did like you know five ten minute little interview whatever but then like two hours later it was like worldwide news like just everyone oh had picked up on this it was it was under weird news which my parents were really proud of but um <laughs> but uh yeah we had this huge it was like you know, you couldn't plan a publicity stunt like that. And again, we just, we were like over farmland. So when we had started, so it wasn't something we're like, oh yeah, a bunch of people are going to see this. We were just filming for the video, but you know, we didn't even have a website up when this was going down. So, you know, we totally missed out on the biggest, you know, publicity we ever, we'll ever get, but, uh, <laughs> it made a nice video. So check it out. Yeah. <laughs> that's hilarious. I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Before. That's, that's hilarious. If you, if you, um, yeah. So anyhow. Yeah. Uh, one of the things connecting a, a couple of these, these threads that we've been talking about, um, in terms of like not worrying so much about DIY or copycats or, or whatever, and also the use of Kickstarter. Um, one of the things I remember with the, the third campaign of yours, which is pocket monkey, which is like the monkey bars too, except more, even more compact and, and, uh, easy to travel with um, was that um, you did have an issue with where there were like Chinese knockoffs that showed up while the campaign was still going, I think, or maybe soon after the campaign ended, but before you had shipped. Um, and I was impressed that, again, you guys didn't freak out in the way that 
that most companies freak out when that happens, which is to almost every successful Kickstarter product company that happens in some form or another. Right. But you guys had put put out an announcement that was basically like, well, you know, these knockoffs are out there. Um, but one of the things that we've been doing, you know, as we're getting ready to to produce this campaign is we've improved the product and we've done a bunch of different things. So what, what, the, what you're getting with the Chinese knockoffs is not the, you know, not only not the real genuine monkey or pocket monkey in that case, but also doesn't have all these improvements that we've made. So again, the fact that you sort of took, you were taking like the feedback from Kickstarter and saying, how can we continue to improve this? And also then saying like, instead of worrying about copycats, just saying like, well, we're going to build a better product. So we're just going to focus on that instead. Um, was that, is that kind of the thinking that went into that decision and you sort of announced it publicly? Oh yeah. Well, one thing is people, it was just, we didn't want people to be confused or, you know, we didn't, we wanted people to know, like, you know, there's things out there that might even say monkey on them that definitely are not our product. So we wanted to, you know, just make everyone aware. And then, um, you know, it's like, it's the total, the, these, these knockoffs, they're trying to make the cheapest product with the biggest right. mark. You know, they're just, they have zero concern for quality or safety or anything like that. And, uh, you know, they're just scoundrels, you know, it's, um, <laughs> it's unfortunate that that exists, but you know, yeah. that's just the way no, it I, is. Yeah. And I, I, like, I completely agree with that. Like it's, it's, problematic how often that happens but what was interesting to me was how how differently you approached it than most people which is you know i've seen so many companies spend all this time and and money on like trying to track down and destroy these chinese knockoffs and of course they just like switch to another factory or, or change names and and come back again and at some point it's like how much how much time and effort is that worth as compared to just like focusing on building your product and making it clear, like this is what the real, you know, real product is like. Yeah, no, that's so was... uh, yeah, a hundred percent. It's, you know, again, we just didn't want people to, we, we really want to make it clear what was real and what wasn't. And, um, you know, honestly what's happened with their, you know, there, unfortunately there's been folks that they have purchased the, you know, the knockoff, but then, then it'll break, you know, after mm -hmm. the third time or whatever. And then, um, They'll reach out to us and we'll be like, ah, you know what? We're sorry. That's a knockoff. And then they go, oh, I'm so, then they almost apologize to us and end up buying, <laughs> you know, a real product. So it's, um, it's, you know, like you said, it's just not the time worth the time and effort. It's just, it's like playing whack-a-mole. And, right. um, again, it's just at the end of the day, it's like, we just need to be better. So that's, that's just kind of what we've embraced. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, I mean, it shows. And again, it's like, it's part of what has made me so interested in, in, in what you've done beyond just using the products, you know, it, it sort of fits with a lot of the stuff that we talk about. But as I said, you know, at the, in the intro, it's just, it's kind of rare to see it in practice. And so I, I appreciate that. Um, I should note also that, that, I mean, you mentioned that you interviewed Derek Sivers on, on your podcast, you have a really excellent podcast as well, um, which covers a whole bunch of different things. And I think is worth mentioning to, to our audience, considering they listen to podcasts, um, because you certainly talk about, um, you know, exercise and staying in shape and all that kind of stuff that, that fits with your brand. But you also talk about, you know, things like business and philosophy and, um, just you know how to get through life basically right, right. um which makes it a really really interesting podcast to listen to so i've really enjoyed uh, listening to the different guests that you have and your different thoughts and and even you know things like i know um 
last year you did this uh well i'll i'll say insane uh <laughs> run through the grand canyon and back i think is, oh yeah what is it rim to rim rim to rim to rim it's, uh, right right yeah. yeah so that was um that was the uh spring misogi of 2019 which so the misogi is basically doing like a physical it, it's I liked the physical form of it, but it could be, you know, it could be writing a book. It could be, you know, more cerebral as well. But the whole idea behind it is something that you know is outside of your current kind of boundaries. So it's all about finding that limit or, or and discovering what's possible and kind of just starting to open your imagination. So the Grand Canyon Rim to Rim to Rim is, it's like 52 miles and like, 12,000 feet of vertical gain and loss. Um, so you start in the south rim of the Grand Canyon, you run across to the north rim, turn around, and run back. And uh, so I'd been training for, you know, six to eight months. And I was really excited because I'd gotten a group of friends from all over the country to all show up on the same day to do this Basogi, this big challenge. And, uh, you know, some people I'd hadn't seen for years and it was just, I was super excited. So we get there, we're ready to rock. We start, we meet at the trailhead at 3 a.m. It's a beautiful day. The weather's perfect. Start heading down in the canyon by headlamp and literally like a half mile in, I rolled my ankle, just like stepped on a little rock and pop. Oh. And I, right when it happened, I knew I, I, I was like 99% sure. I was like, I think I'm done, but I tried to walk it off a little bit, but I, I just knew after a certain point, it was like, okay, this just isn't going to happen. So, you know, I turn around and hiked out. It's still dark. And uh, all my friends finished. So I hung out at the rim and to kind of like simulate what I thought would be close to a rim to rim to rim day was I did like, I don't know, thousands of reps of just squats and pull-ups and push-ups and <laughs> just walked along the rim. It wasn't, again, it wasn't like this horrible sprained but it was enough that you know you're not going to run 50 miles right so um hung out at the rim got my buddy's pizza and high five folks as they finished and then uh i was fortunate enough to be able to go back like a month later and do it and complete it um and i was also fortunate to have a friend that he had done it that's the day that i had gotten hurt he had done it and he came back and actually did about half of it with me he kind of ran to the bottom hung out and then ran out with me so that was thank you chad for that but, um, yeah, man, it's, uh, you know, I've done other things like, you know, trying to climb El Cap. It took me like three tries till I finally was able to do that. That's, um, I'm sure most folks have seen that now. It's, uh, the cliff in Yosemite El Capitan that Alex Honnold free yep. soloed. But, um, yeah, it took me three tries to do that. And, you know, just, it's, um, it's a fun thing. This, this, the Masogi is a really fun thing to kind of like put this big thing on your calendar and then it gets you out the door to do all these little these smaller adventures to kind of build up to that and train for that. So it's a, it's a really cool tactic to just kind of keep you motivated and, you know, again, have this, this goal and this date on the calendar that you kind of build up to, it keeps you motivated to train. And again, it's like, you know, for rim to rim to rim, it made me more excited to like, you know, do big runs around here in Colorado that maybe I wouldn't, I might overlook if I didn't have um, something like that on, on coming up. So I heard about that concept. I read it in an outside magazine article. There's a basketball player. If you search Masogi, it's M I S O G I. If you search Masogi 
outside magazine, the article should come up. It was this NBA player and he would do this every year with a bunch of buddies. They were like, they were running underwater with rocks. Like for my, it was crazy. They would like, one guy would run underwater, holding this rock, drop it, come to the top. The next guy dives down, picks it up. And they did this for miles. Wow. And, um, you know, it's kind of like totally pointless, but it's also like, you know, what can we do? So I just, I really resonated that. And, um, I actually, I listened to another podcast with a guy, uh, it was the adventure sports podcast, a gentleman named Aaron Miller. He's a national geographic travel writer, but he had been in Japan with these, these monks in Japan. I, I, I can't remember like the name to describe them specifically, and I don't want to botch it, but these monks basically the whole concept of the Masogi was how they lived. It was like, instead of meditating like silently and still, they would do these like moving meditations, which was a lot of like long distance hiking and running and sitting under cold waterfalls, things like that. So, um, actually I want to write a book on that. That's uh that'll be my cerebral Masogi, but, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a really cool concept. It's, it's not, super well defined so you can kind of make it your own but yeah i think it's uh it's again it's just a cool thing to put on the calendar and try and get some friends involved and uh see what's possible expand your and expand your imagination because you know i think when i was younger i think i if i just understood what was possible i might have done you know more different or bigger things so check it out yeah, no, it's, it's, it, it is a really cool concept. And I think it, it applies to lots of things beyond just like, you know, uh, exercise or staying in shape because, you know, coming up with some sort of big, crazy, impossible goal, and then figuring out the tactics of how do you get there, uh, I think is useful in all sorts of aspects of life. Uh, you know, and including business, right? I mean, you know, to, to some extent, each of your Kickstarters is, is that as well, right? I right. Mean, you're, coming up with a product and you have a, a launch date and you got to figure out everything to, to make all that come together. Um, and so it's, it's, it's pretty similar. Right. Um, so to, to close out the podcast, I, I did want to talk a little bit about exercise. Yeah, just absolutely. Because, you know, originally this wasn't, I, I, I didn't think that was necessarily as interesting to our audience, but I, I've, I've actually been hearing from friends. I had done a, a thread on Twitter sort of early in the, the lockdown period, um, just talking about like, you know, how to, how to stay in shape when there are no more gyms. Cause so many people are so focused on, on, you know, having to go to the gym to stay in shape. And obviously you can do things like, you know, just going for a run or a bike ride or things like that. But, uh, I thought it might be handy just since everyone is sort of trying to figure out like, you know, how, how do you stay in shape when you're stuck in your home, you know, to, to avoid a pandemic right now? Right. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. What, what do you have some sort of like general pointers or thoughts that people might might be interested in? Well, first thing I'll say is you don't need anything to stay in shape and train. You, 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 you're your own weight. You can do, you can get extremely fit with just body weight push-ups, squats, sit-ups, running, lunges. I mean, there's, you know, Google, YouTube, bodyweight exercises. There's hundreds, thousands. So it's, you don't need to spend a dime, um, you know, certainly having like kettlebells or maybe a monkey product um, might help make it a little more fun or interesting. But again, you don't need anything. So I think a lot of people like, you know, they want to like buy their way into shape instead mm -hmm. of just start, 
executing and, and moving. So that would be my first kind of just do something. Um, I like to most days start my day with, I do, it's very simple. I do three rounds of 15 reps each. So I'll do 15 squats, 15 push-ups, 15 rows, um, on the pocket monkey. And then sometimes I'll throw in like 15 sit-ups or maybe like a minute plank. So I'll just, you know, it's a very simple, I don't have to think about it. And, um, again, I start my day of success. So I've done something right away and that's, you know, it's a, what is that? So if you do 45, so it's a hundred, if you did, you know, three rounds of 15 reps, that's 135 reps, boom, right away. Mm -hmm. And then I just try and build on that throughout the day. So, you know, I'm very lucky here where I live and where I work, where, you know, I, my office right now is literally, you know, a hundred yards from a state park and open space so I can run trails, no problem. And there's, you know, very few people around. I'm very fortunate. I know a lot of people do not have that same situation, but, um, what I, the way I train now is much different than the way I used to train. So I'm very, I, I, I've been exercising and focused on this for so long now that I have a very like intuitive, um, by feel approach. So I don't have like this plan written out that I'm doing. I just can kind of know, okay, you know, yesterday was, uh, you know, a uh, more aerobic, like long distance day today. I want to be short, explosive, a little more plyometric. And then maybe the next day is kind of a blend. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend what I'm doing personally for everyone, just because it is a very, um, intuitive, personalized approach. And, you know, I do think once you kind of get a good base down, you can, you know, someone that's new to exercise or maybe just getting back, you need, you can just keep it simple. You're going to see results very quickly. Um, you don't need to overthink it again, like just doing squats and pushups and slowly adding volume and intensity over time. You're going to see revolt results very quickly. I think it's after that first, maybe one to three months where you can start to tweak things a little bit to be more specific to your, your physiology, your strengths, your weaknesses, things like that. But, you know, again, it's just, I don't, I think people want this, like the best at home plan or the best whatever. And it's one that doesn't exist because you need to figure out what's the best for you. And, um, you know, it's like most things, whether it's starting a business or trying to do the grand Canyon, whatever, it's just, it's consistency. You know, it's always, I I'm guilty of this myself. Like when we would, um, during the summer, we would get this program, like a workout program for the summer to stay in shape when I was in college. And, uh, you know, I would, if I couldn't do the whole thing, I wouldn't do it at all, which is so, it makes zero sense in hindsight, but I remember I used to like, Oh, well, I can't do everything. So I'm going to, I'm not just going to do anything. Whereas like, no, 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 do one rep. If that's all you can do, at least that keeps, it keeps you in the momentum. It keeps your mind right. And it just, it's going to, it all, everything counts. I think that's another thing actually that I've really started to realize. I have two kids now, two kids under two years old. And, um, you know, I'm not necessarily at my peak fitness, but I'm not too far down. And it's, if you have this mindset of you don't need to do an hour long or 30 minute long, just straight workout every day, you can do these micro workouts throughout the day. You can, if you drive to the store, park farther away and walk. I mean, it sounds, it's not super exciting, but it, it does add up and it does work. I mean, a lot of the way I trained for the Grand Canyon was wearing a weight vest and pushing my daughter around the block in a stroller. I mean, <laughs> not super sexy, not super exciting, but again, it all adds up. And, um, 
you know, I think if you're just in this mindset of like, oh, set of stairs, I'm going to run up the stairs instead of, you know, taking the escalator, things like that, you know, it's just, it, uh, it all counts. It's all cumulative and, um, you can, uh, the little things do really add up. So yeah, that was all yeah, over I the think... place, but yeah, no, no, that was good. I, and I think it's like, I think that is a really useful philosophy. I mean, I think, you know, I, and again, like I had heard it from, from your podcast, um, and I had started experimenting with like, you know, I have, uh, in my office, I was hanging the, the, uh, monkey bars or the pocket monkey near my door. And I think one time you suggested like every time you walk in or out of the door, just, you know, do, you know, a, a few reps of like 15, uh, you know, exercises or whatever, um, or, or 15 reps of whatever. Uh, and, it was great, right? Like throughout the day, I just did like really quick exercises. And it's just like every time I'm going in and out, you know, going to use the restroom, or whatever, just get a little bit of exercise in. And, you know, by the end of the day, it all adds up. And so little things like that, I think are, are really useful. Whereas I think so many people get scared off by the idea of like, oh, I have to find an hour in my day to, you know, to do a big workout or whatever. Um, and that, that seems scarier, but you can, you know, certainly work up to that where, um, you know, and again, this is like, uh, from my, my experience with, with your products is that, uh, eventually you want to get to that point right, right. where, where they're, they're, uh, really it's, it's a, a very enjoyable way to exercise. And so you start to build yourself up where you want to keep going further and sort of take yourself further with them. Um, which is cool, but again, you know, you don't need your specific products, but you know, just, just getting into that mindset, I think is really useful. And again, like, I think it's clear, obviously that you have that mindset and that comes through in the, in the products that you guys have developed. And so I, 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 I certainly appreciate it. And you're the things that you have done have helped keep me in much better shape than I would have been otherwise. Not that I'm in great shape, but uh, it's, it's been really helpful, especially now. Thank you. No, I appreciate that. You know, and I think just a few more things I'd add is, you know, one thing I'll struggle with at times is I know I'm definitely going to exercise a workout, but I don't know exactly what I'm going to do. And I've got a pretty good cache of concepts and ideas built up that I can kind of, okay, I'll do that one. But I know that's a big barrier for people of just not knowing, maybe, maybe, you know, like, you know, certain exercises, but you don't know necessarily how to combine them or it just, it takes mental energy. So there's so many free resources you can use our app, monkey app. I mean, YouTube, there's so many just free at home body weight workouts. If you don't have any equipment or just, you know, simple things, whether you had like monkey bars, gymnastics rings, a kettlebell, there's just, there's so much information out there that is more or less free. So, um, yeah, take advantage of it. Yeah. Yeah. There really is, is a ton and, and, you know, and, and a lot of it's just sort of finding the things that work right for you. Uh, exactly. In, in your situation, you know, obviously, if you're near parks or, or places where you can go for hikes or runs or bikes or whatever, that's that's one thing. But, you know, if you're in in a, a crowded city and trying to avoid people, then, you know, there are other options for you. It's just sort of finding finding what makes sense. Um, but, um, you know, I, I think it I think your sort of take on all of this is is 
is is really great and has been useful for me just in, in as well just in terms of like mindset and and getting focused on these things because you know I, I like so many people i get guilty of when i have a lot of work to do i'm just going to sit at my desk all day and not not do anything and that's that's not healthy either for you know I might get a lot of work done, but then I'll feel very unhealthy and not be very productive the next day. Right. So, right. you know, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of an interesting, interesting process of sort of keeping everything in balance. Um, and exercise is certainly a part of that, but, um, Dan, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to have this conversation. You know, as I said, I meant to ask you on a while ago, just, you know, just to talk about your your view on, on openness and building a company the way you have, uh, and then all of these other things have, have happened, and I finally had a chance to to ask you to to come on, and, and you were able to to do it, and this was this was a really great conversation, really interesting stuff, and I'm sure that the people listening will enjoy it and hopefully take it to heart, and uh, and uh, you know what, whatever they they decide to take from it, uh, I, hopefully it you know helps helps improve everybody. Heck yeah. No, thanks, Mike. It was, uh, I appreciate you having me on. It was great to chat. And thanks again for the support over the years. I know we're, uh, we're far from perfect, but no, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, as I said, it's, it's a great product and it's, um, it's one that uh, all, all of your products are, are hanging somewhere in my house <laughs> <laughs> and I've, I've used them many times and the, um, and the, the, the monkey bars in particular, when I when back when when there was travel, right, <laughs> uh, I would bring them everywhere, and I brought them on on camping trips and and hiking trips and on business trips all the time. You know, figuring out ways to make the pocket monkey work in various hotel rooms has become a, an expertise of mine because <laughs> <laughs> uh, some of them they work better than, than others, sure. but there's always some way you can make them work. So. <laughs> Right on, man. It's, it's it's been fun, um, but again, you know, thanks for taking the time, and uh, thanks for everyone uh, listening to this. And we will be back next week with uh, uh, another podcast on, I have no idea what, but something <laughs> interesting. <laughs> so, all right, bye. Thanks, Mike. Someone will get. Ha! To grab a shovel and dig up the.